Hey everyone, welcome to God, Growth, and Gaff. We are three guys in our 20s that discuss building and developing small church ministry. Join us as we DIY big dreams and visions for small churches together. I'm Nathan. I'm Josh. And I'm Dylan. And we are glad to have you here. What is up, everybody? We are back for our season two of God, Growth, and Gaff. We have definitely missed you guys. I hope you've missed us. Um, boys, it's, it's been a fat minute. What's been up? What's new in your guys' life? Let's see. Um, we have gone to fashion conference, um, all of us for the first time, and then we had our Christmas service. Uh, it's really just been a very busy couple of months. So, uh, Yeah, it's been a long time. It's been since, I think, October, um, since we did our last podcast and it's now mid close to end of the January. So, um, I am, I'm excited to be back and we've kind of, last time we did a welcome right into, into season two, we did a, we did a whole episode about sermon series and we did a welcome into this season and then we stopped for four months. Um, oops. So, um, Today, right, we're we're finally back and we're kind of officially starting off season two with episode two again. So we're sorry for for all you faithful um, listeners out there who were just eagerly awaiting uh, episode two, but we are starting it now and we should be much more um, on on time and fluid with things than, than we have been in the past. Yeah, so we actually, it's kind of funny that you talk about that because... I think when we released that last episode, who knows when, I think we were really excited. Obviously, we have a lot of good topics for the season. And then life hit, right? Life, church, everything. You know, it all came down at once. I mean, Dylan, like you mentioned, we went Thanksgiving right into our Christmas service and planning for that. And then New Year's. And then also, like Dylan mentioned, we had passion. And so there's just a lot going on. And so when we got together again to talk about, well, first off, dang, we definitely (laughs) took some time off. (laughs) Um, But it kind of brought to the surface and to our attention, what does it look like to be exhausted? What does it look like to, to feel like you're doing the day in and day out and you're doing well, but then you have a pause or a break and you look at the time and you're like, geez, that's been forever. And then you look at yourself and you're like, Dang, I am exhausted. I am tired. I think the uh, biggest clarification we want to give here is there's a big difference between burnout and just being tired. Burnout is kind of like, I want to switch this thing that I'm doing. I want to be done. But tired is just, we need some recovery like every human being does. So Agreed. Yeah. I think an important distinction to start this this series, and you might have seen the title and sorry, not the series, this episode, uh, seen this title and thought, Oh, we're going to be talking about burnout, but, but no, I don't think any of us here want to be done with church. No. <laughs> you know, we, we don't want to stop our job. We don't want to go work at a coffee shop and, or target. We want to, <laughs> we, we love ministry. We want to keep going, but it's the middle of January. There's a inch of ice outside. The past week was all in the negative whatevers and wind chills of negative 40. Like, we're tired, <laughs> right? Um, and Christmas, if you work in a church, you know it ain't easy, right? And so this is this episode is to, to emphasize the fact that, yeah, ministry is good, but it can be hard sometimes, and it's, it's okay to be, <laughs> to be exhausted. Yeah. I mean, I think even as we kind of continue this conversation, I'd like to start by asking you guys, what aspect or, you know, what part of ministry that you've been doing or, you know, what areas have you been involved in where you're like, wow, I am tired. Like, is there a specific moment for you guys or was there you know, like a certain day where you're like, geez, or after a Sunday even like, dude, I need a nap times 12, you know? I just want to ask you guys, what, where for you was the moment when you're like, I am exhausted? I'd say for me, it's kind of been light design lately. Um, So if, let's see, I don't know if I've described it before, but kind of we have a lot of moving lights and stuff like that, very modern setup. Um, And right after Christmas, I loved Christmas, 
but I was just kind of like, okay, I don't, I'm getting a little bit bored of this, I guess. And I want to be challenged and, um, have just been struggling with that a little bit lately. I think a, the one that comes to mind, like a specific moment is if you listen to our last, uh, podcast we talked about we do a a haunted house for our church <laughs> and um and it's a it's a fun thing right where we um have people from the community go through it and, and scare children and adults alike whatever um <laughs> but i remember i think it was this year we had did that on you know setup was thursday and friday night and we were working all day thursday all day friday get to the get to the church set it up at night saturday we're still doing setup and the and the actual event where we're hosting it, and then we have to tear everything out for for Sunday morning. Then we have to do service, get here at six a.m. and and run through two services, and then we get done. And then I had to go to uh, a Halloween party for my my wife's family, which was like an hour Oof. away, and it was. I forgot you had to do it that. It was. Yikes. Oh my lord! I could barely stay awake on the drive. <laughs> no, um, it was also was it was also like uh-huh. noon, so the sun's like directly in <laughs> in your Ooh. or sorry, like one o'clock or something. So the sun's directly in your eyes, and mm-hmm. and I just remember I told her afterwards I was like, listen, I can't do any more parties like on a Sunday night or on a Sunday afternoon. Like it's just it's just not possible. Um, like I love your family, <laughs> but <laughs> I cannot drive two hours right after all of that. And so I think that was the, that was the kind of moment where I was like, shoot, I need to, I need to chill. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think even for myself, um, I think for me, it really hit after the new year service. You know, I mean, one thing it's a new year service, you know, people call it national associate pastor preaching day. (laughs) Or um, For us, we had one of the members of our preaching team, you know, kind of step in for that. I just think it was after that service that I was like, geez, I am tired. (laughs) Not tired of ministry as in I don't want to do it anymore, but I am beat. And I think especially going, preparing for the new year is just like, geez, we've done so much and a lot of it's so close together. I just need a break. (laughs) Not that I don't want to do ministry ever again. I was just like, if I could just disappear for a weekend, that would be lovely. Yeah. I think one of the the things that... Um, I've come to realize, right, especially during, since we're coming right out of Christmas time and New Year's and everything, is that you said it, it's, it's the associate pastor, the youth pastor preaching day or, or whatever, which great, you know, as the, as the senior pastor, give it to someone else for, for that week right after Christmas. But if you're just a staff member, right, like, like one of us are, we still have to have a hospitality, you know, a greeting team. We still have to have worship. We still have to take down all of the Christmas stuff, right? <laughs> like that week after Christmas, it should be, okay, the big service is done. We're ready to roll, right? Someone else can take it this Sunday. But no, if you're just a, if you're just a staff person, that week after Christmas is sometimes just as hard <laughs> as yeah, the week leading real. up to Christmas. Um, and so I think that's something to, that often gets overlooked, right? Of like, ah, just, it's a, it's a, in quotes, throwaway week, which no week should be, right? But right. Um, but it's just a, a week to get out of the way because the big thing got done. But if you're in a position like like us, especially at a small church, um, s- there's no weeks off <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> if if you don't really plan it ahead of time. And especially after those those big things, it's it's always the stuff that people don't think about um, about the takedown and the and the reset and and everything else that can really just take it out of you. Yeah, so I think for us, I think I can say it was really awesome to step back and and go to the Passion Conference. And, you know, again, I think I just want to ask you guys, you know, what about it was so fruitful? What about it was helpful in your rest? Hmm. I would say two things. Uh, one, getting to see something beyond any scale that I could comprehend because it's the biggest event by far that I've ever been to. I mean, it was only 55,000 people. (laughs) Fair enough. Um, And then the other thing was just not having to focus on anything like leading some sort of ministry or worship stuff, Um, whether that be in tech or your actual worship stuff or leading your ministries. 
but being able to just set everything aside and just worship for like a week straight was wonderful. It was very fruitful. Yeah, I, I was in the same boat. I've wanted to go, you know, since I was in high school. Um, and it's always been something that I've that I've really wanted to go to. And, and this year being being able to finally have that opportunity. I remember the very first song that they played on the on the first night of of the conference was obviously it's going to be a fun song, right? There's <laughs> It's the it's the intro, and they did the uh, praise the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, that I that was actually a clip of Brandon Lake singing it. Uh, I in case it. you're wondering, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I know they did that, and I immediately like once once the chorus hit, I just started to like have tears in my eyes because I was like, this is one. It's you know, personally, okay, I've wanted to go here for a long time and like, I'm finally here. That's great. Mm-hmm. But it was also just like, wow, look at, look at the people just, just praising God in this song. And it wasn't the most spiritual moment, right? It was the super huge jumpy song, but I was like, holy crap. Like that just, that just hit because it was, yes, it was something that I could, like you said, I could just sit back and just watch people encountering the Lord and not have to worry about what chords am I playing right? And is the drummer on time? And is the, is the mm-hmm. keyboard player hitting a, a sus instead of a major key and like, <laughs> you know, everything like that. And so it was, it was really cool to, to sit back and engage in the, um, in the experience. Yeah. I think similar to both of you guys, I think going to passion reminded me what it felt like to be a congregant again. I think mm-hmm. obviously Passion isn't a church service, right? It's not a Sunday morning, and the intention isn't the same as maybe what a normal church service would look like. But it was almost refreshing to just kind of sit there and receive. I can't remember the last time that I had been somewhere or had been involved in one of the ministries where I'm not thinking two steps ahead of what's supposed to happen, looking around, seeing what needs to be done, but to actually just sit and receive. Um, and, you know, even thinking about looking back on that time, I was reminded of Matthew, where it talked about, come to me all who are who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Like, what an opportunity to find rest in Jesus, right? In a, in a space, like we said, with 55,000 people worshiping, that was so restful. But I, I love the next verse in, in verse 29, take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lonely in heart and you will find rest for your souls, right? That that even in this rest, still receiving from him, still learning, still acquiring knowledge. It's not like we went to sleep and didn't do anything, but we were actually being able to still be active in our rest, which I think was encouraging, but it is different than, you know, coming in, doing the day in day out work of ministry. And I think that for myself, and I think you guys could agree with that was probably the best part was just being able to like, hey, we're not disappearing and falling off the face of the earth, but we actually get to sit and receive. Yeah, yeah I think I think the actu- the point that you made about, you know, we, we weren't just sleeping is I think that was the least amount of sleep I've gotten in, <laughs> in quite a while because uh-huh. it was a, you know, 13 hour drive. Um, the conference one day didn't end until midnight and then the next one started at at nine or whatever and and of course we had to walk around the city and try to find food for an hour and a half and nowhere was open and it was freezing you know whatever it Uh was um it was fun things but man i was tired (laughs) right like like it was a uh it was a long few days uh of of walking and and of just receiving Mm. um right and just getting a bunch of a bunch of people talking to you and, and hearing a bunch of stuff. But, um, but like you said, it wasn't just the, okay, let me just sit on my couch and, and veg and play video games or watch TV or sleep. It was, it was something to receive. And I think that's, as we are continuing this episode, that's the important thing, right? As we feel this exhaustion in ministry, um, you know, if you, if you listen to the past three things we talked about, it was, how do we just take a, a step back and, and receive rather than worry about the parts of ministry? And so if you don't, I want to preface, if you don't know what passion is, right, as we've been talking about it, it's a young adult conference. Um, 
that happens in Atlanta, Georgia, hosted by Passion City Church with Louis Giglio and, and Passion Music. And they bring in a bunch of different artists and different speakers to just host this event for young adults. And yeah, this week it was, this year, sorry, it was 55,000 young adults, which was crazy. And maybe you can't do that, right? Like I said, it took me seven years to, hmm. to be able to go. And maybe you're in a place where you can't go down to Atlanta um, and, or you're, you're past the age mark or under the age mark or whatever. We're not saying in this episode, you have to go to a huge conference in order to feel fed. But I think it's as simple as, Hey, I'm tired. I haven't had a Sunday off in forever and there's 20 churches in my area and I've never been to one of them. Hmm. Right? Like, like I, I've noticed that where, where it's there's a lot of churches in this, in this local area. And I've been to like two, yeah. <laughs> like I, I've been to one, then I came here and I've been here since. Right. And so, um, so even if you're in a, in a position where you just feel exhausted, I would highly recommend you to just take a Sunday and know that I know that Sundays are a Sundays offer a commodity, but, um, to try to just go somewhere um, that's not a beach, that's not, you know, just a, a cabin in the woods, but just to be fed and to experience God with believers where you don't have to worry about who's uh, bringing the offering, where you don't have to worry about the the band and the transitions and all this stuff. You can just simply sit and, and receive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think what you're saying there, Josh, is really good in helping one, it's okay to take a Sunday off, right? I think the church culture where you're committed each and every week and it kind of feels very cyclic of just like it's it's the same thing every week at the same time for the rest of your life. Um, and I think being able to break that is okay, and especially in our culture where everything is about work and you're successful by how much you work and how much you do. I think being able to take that step back is a fruitful reminder that God calls us to work, yes, but He also calls us to rest. And I think there's no better way to see that than to going to another church every now and then and just taking that time to receive. You know, it doesn't have to be, like you said, Josh, a ginormous conference. It can be as simple as maybe the church down the road, right, that that you always see people going to on Sunday. Let me just go and receive once. And then coming back and and being rejuvenated for your services and, and where you serve. Um, but I think, too, that also brings up good conversation of, are you able to be aware and address the places within your own ministry that you're being tired? Like, what is affecting or influencing your exhaustion or um, the things that you kind of need to reevaluate and say, like, what am I doing that is making me exhausted? How am I setting those clear boundaries? Um, so for you guys, what are some causes maybe that you've seen that kind of impacts or is the reason to your exhaustion, so to say? Um, I would say one important thing is just kind of watching the time uh, because with if you are letting things kind of get into your sleep schedule and working until 11 p.m. just because you can. Um, I feel like it's better to spread that out between several days than it would be to just grind it all out in one night. Obviously, it's important sometimes because you have to, you know, do special services and things like that, but it's best to not always do. Yeah, I would I would agree um, where I think a lot of the, the part where my exhaustion comes to play is myself. Um, <laughs> I, me and my old youth pastor, we had this, this running gag of, right. We, I was, I was interning at my, my old church and we would always hang out and, and do stuff together. And we could have done the bare minimum or just enough to get by, but I would have an idea and he'd go, ah. <laughs> and I'm like, what? And he goes, well, now we have to do it. And so, um, and so I think that's the exact same thing that happens today of like, we'll have something almost all the way done and I'll go, oh, but what if, and, and my immediate response is basically the same thing. All right, let's go. Uh huh. And there's another, however many hours, you know, and it's, 
And sometimes it's, it's great and it makes a product that, you know, could be much better than what it originally was. Sometimes it don't matter. <laughs> sometimes <laughs> That's usually just, where I step in as the yeah. voice of reason. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, right. We've, we've talked about this before on the podcast, but, um, where just because you have an idea for something doesn't always mean that you have to do it. Um, and I've had to, to come to those terms and I've had to realize like, okay, yes, going home and, and seeing my wife and, um, or going home and sitting on the couch and watching TV, you know, is sometimes better than, <laughs> than, uh, oh, but what if we used this pro presenter theme because it slightly fits more than that one and then we could change everything else around it so yeah i feel like um if you really if you really spent enough time on things um things can become kind of an endless spiral mm -hmm. where no matter what you do there's always another detail you can focus on um there's basically no no there is no such thing as perfection besides god so it's just kind of something that where do we draw the line? Yeah, that's you took the words right out of my mouth because You're welcome. you know I was thinking <laughs> the the beautiful part of ministry is that it never ends. But on the flip side of that coin, <laughs> the scary part is that it never ends. Never ends, yes. <laughs> and so I think especially as leaders, staff members, pastors in the church, Dylan, you you hit it right on the head. You and we, right, because we're not good at this either, have to determine where do we draw the line. Mm. I think um, one thing that I was always told was you can't pour out an empty cup. And I think sometimes we're afraid to put boundaries because we think, oh, then we're not doing enough. Um, you know, we're not giving enough. We're not filling the blank enough. But what we fail to realize is that doing those things inevitably does pour out our cup. And there comes a point, right? We're not God. We don't have a bottomless pitcher. There comes a point where we hit our end and, and we're exhausted. And I think it's important that you're aware of those things so you can draw the line and say, hey, I could get this done, right? And spend an extra three hours here and get home late and have a late dinner and then have a late evening schedule and then go to bed late. Or I do the hard work of putting the line down, being faithful to my commitment so that I can better commit to the church <laughs> and go home and be with my family, take care of myself. And I think that's hard. And I think truthfully, that's scary. And it takes a lot of that mental discipline to say no, right? Because I think the last place you ever want to say no is the church. But I think it's okay. I think you have to be willing to put that line and stick to it. Because if not, then you end up exhausted. Then you end up you know, not being where you can be. And I always think it's funny because we think we're doing ourselves a service by saying like, I spent 12 hours here for, for four days in a row and, and, and I've done everything. But it's going to just come back because we have next week and the week after that and the <laughs> week after that. And if we're not careful, we, we may start strong, but that plateau and that descending into the tiredness and and not as much effort as you could doesn't pay off in the long run, rather being consistent in your boundary to be consistent in your success. And I think that is an important aspect that a lot of times, and we all fall guilty of this, can be hard to attain and to do and to stick to. Yes. But what was it that you said again? Uh, success? About the consistent rest and to consistent success? Yeah. Oh, that was fire. I was just about runs. to say. <laughs> you know... There was a, a theologian that I heard once talking about it, and he said, when talking about church ministry, because it's overwhelming and because it's never-ending, we can become reckless. Overwhelming, reckless love of God. <laughs> that theologian was Corey Asbury. <laughs> I thought so. I had to think about it for a second. Good GG. <laughs> You're off the podcast. Get out. No, I'm just <laughs> but in reality, right, some things that we might be overwhelmed with, um, are simply just out of our control, right? We, we can say, okay, I'm not going to stay until 11 PM tonight. Cause I don't necessarily need to do that. Right. Or we can say, um, uh, I don't need to make that 
absolutely perfect, right? Because it's not that important. But there's some things that just we have to do because it's ministry, right? And um, and that's something that can also be exhausting, but it's it's something that we have to do and we have to overcome. And so, right, we think about this um, this 11 p.m. kind of motif uh-huh. <laughs> that we're that we're in. Whereas Dylan, like you said, there's there's things where we don't have to spend okay this this lighting cue has to be just exactly perfect because no one's going to pick up on it guilty but there's but there's other things right where it's like okay our whole system's down (laughs) um Mm -hmm. that's something that you got to fix or or something like you're a youth pastor and one of your youth students calls you up at 11 o'clock and they're about to do something very stupid Right, that's something that you can't just turn off and say, "Well, I'm not on the clock, so figure it out." Right, we don't have those flexible hours because our ministry, like ministry, is our job. So ministry not only is our calling, but sometimes we have to step out of the out of the zone, out of the box to, um, or sorry, out of our time zone to kind of do things. I think a prime example of that is a story when. Our entire lighting system did go out, and I think it was what was it before Easter? Uh, no, Good, Good Friday. One of the big weeks. <laughs> it was a huge <laughs> week. Either way, we were panicking, and um, we were about to start one of the biggest season, like one of the biggest um, services of the year. Sorry, and it took us until two in the morning to fix. Mm-hmm. And it's not like we couldn't just not, because the next day we had to be here for a service. And I remember now. It was a Sunday. So basically, we had to fix that. Um, ended up being like things were wired wrong and they had been for years, but they just now decided to like of course. glitch out, <laughs> obviously. I feel like there's just a track record of things going wrong right before a special event. <laughs> Take what you will of that. But um, it was, yeah, it was just unavoidable because we had to fix things. Otherwise, like, we wouldn't even have the close to the same environment that we've had for so long. And we want to provide that for people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I think to that point, I think that's where the commitment and the practicing of discernment is so important, right? Because that obviously is important. You can't just (laughs) go without that. Mm -hmm. Um, And Josh, even to like, to your point about the student who needs help in the evenings, um, I was once told by a, by a mentor of mine, like, you're never not a pastor when you work in the church. And so you can't just be like, oh, between nine to five, I'm going to care about my people. And then at 501, it's like, oh, too bad. I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, right. <laughs> it never stops. You know, for other occupations, you know, you're a businessman from nine to five and you can go home and live your life. Um, teachers, you teach from really early in the morning to the afternoon, and then you're kind of free from that until the next day, obviously, except through grading and all that stuff. But but pastoring, you're never not available. You're never not away. Um, and so I think because of that, it's always important to be able to discern, you know, what requires that stepping in and what requires the, okay, we can wait. Because staying up late to do a video is one thing, but staying up to late for a video because of some complications that are that it's needed by tomorrow. That's different. Mm-hmm. I think discernment is our word of the day here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, you know, I think as, as you were saying that pastoring, right. Is, is the equivalent to shepherding. Right. And, and a shepherd, uh, when they're, when they're with the flock, their, their goal is to lead the flock in specific ways. Right. But then it, it lies down and they can finally go to sleep. But if something happens, <laughs> their sleep is interrupted and they have to, they have to fix that. And so I'm not saying that every single person on this podcast is called to be a senior pastor, but right. As just as a shepherd is called to fix the things that are broken because they're constantly with the people. That's what we have to discern as a pastor as well. Mm. So, all these causes and the gift of discernment, what's our solution? What are some practical steps? Let's start with this. What are some practical steps in your guys' life that you have been putting in practice or would like to put in practice 
uh, to kind of combat that exhaustion, especially I, I'd say recently, right? Being aware of it, you know, what are some steps you guys have taken that could be offered as help for others? Something that that I've really tried to implement in the past couple of weeks, coming back from the conference, coming off of off of Christmas and everything, is I'm tired of being behind. Mm. <laughs> I'm tired of it's Friday evening or Saturday, and I'm like, shoot, this stuff has to be in by Sunday, and then the next week rolls around, and you know, our our, our pastor always says it's a marathon, not a race, right? We just have different different checkpoints and it's <laughs> the marathon never ends. <laughs> and I'm tired of each week being like, oh, okay, I'm done with Sunday. Crap. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, Monday. What do I yeah, do? Yeah, literally. And so I've really tried to implement in my own ministry way in advance. I've tried to plan series in, in worship ahead of time. I've tried to, um, not try to, I've, I've implemented a calendar of, of social media posts of, of each week, what we're going to be posting. I've stopped the idea of, oh, this can wait until tomorrow because there's, there's something else pressing if I can just get it done. Right. And a lot, I think a lot of times we get in that mindset of, oh, well, this other thing might be more pressing. So I can just wait to do that. And, and, you know, if, as an example, that's, Oh well, I have to do this graphic instead, so I'll just wait to send out the the services schedule for the next few weeks, and then it ends up happening. Oh shoot, it's the next week. I have to send it out now. Well, I, I'll wait for the next week until the next week, and then it's it ends up just you're sending it out a week ahead of time. Whereas, if you take a step back and say, okay, you know what, I can just get this done right now. Let me just plug it in, send it out, and then I'll get to that that next thing. Right, it. It's helped me to be like, oh, I feel more prepared. <laughs> I feel like Sunday is not creeping up on me um, and I'm not near as tired because I'm looking forward to, okay, it's January, but we can plan for Easter. Mm. Um, it's it's January and we already have things scheduled out until March, right? So it's it is no longer a oh shoot, it's two weeks before Easter and we don't have a band together and it's it's two weeks before Easter and we don't know what's what's being preached on. Obviously, probably the resurrection, but... <laughs> <laughs> no um, way. But it is a... It's something that, that we've implemented, I think, that's that's drastically, drastically helped me to to um, stop the, <laughs> the, the, the chaos and the exhaustion of having to be here at 11 p.m. every night. It sounds like you're telling us that procrastination is an enemy to discernment of rest. Yes, but also, right, there's there's procrastination and then there's also like stuff that you that you have to rely on other people for. That's true. Yeah. And so I think it's also important. Yes, in a hundred percent don't procrastinate. <laughs> and in college I would write ten page essays the day before they're due. So yes, I <laughs> I tend to I procrastinate. Say, I don't know how you guys did it. <laughs> no sleep and a lot of coffee is how. Um, Fair enough. Too many restless nights. But uh, too many nights in in this room, yeah. <laughs> which is our church Actually. conference room, writing writing essays. But um, right. But there's there's things exactly like you were saying that we can do to to put in the work ahead. But there's also like okay, I'm relying on a creative team or a a pastor or a, a volunteer to do this and. And it's doing the work beforehand so mm. that they can be on your schedule, <laughs> right? So that you can be so far ahead that it's not behind when they don't give something to you right and right on that time. Yeah. So I'd say just kind of to preface this, me and Josh do a lot of like the worship services and just kind of the month to month stuff. Um, just because we both work in worship arts in some degree, um, even though I'm the tech director, like it's just always been two brains are better than one in that aspect. Um, so I think one of the most fruitful things that we've done this year is kind of as soon as the new year rolled around, we really put our foot down and was like, all right, this is the stuff we're going to plan ahead. And we've been doing, we've been working on that like the whole month of January basically. Mm -hmm. And now, like you said, we're out into March. We have requests sent out for Easter 
and we're already starting to put a band together and we have all of this stuff planned that even if some stuff changes or whatever, we have that we don't have to worry too much. Um, we have, we're, we're just in this forward thinking mindset now. Mm. And uh, the thing with that too is when you get things prepared, right? And you're not playing catch up. You can think, okay, what else creatively can we do? Mm. So it doesn't fall into the same, the same old, same old of, all right, well, here's announcements and some worship songs and a message and a closing song and a dismissal and whatever. Like we're just trying to get through Sunday and, and okay, there was another one that was exactly like last week, but it's okay. We're ahead of time. What can we do to change it up? What can we do to, to make it intentional to, to throw in a random Bible verse, um, in the middle of a song to, um, to have a sermon illustration, right? What can we do to, to help our people to not feel kind of like it's a stagnant thing? Yeah. I'd say we've honestly already started to see the fruit of that because even in the past month we've already had just, I feel like for every single week we've tried to do at least something extra. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's not even something that takes too much effort. Like, for example, this past week, we had a Bible reading that we just, we chose that actually applied to the next song and to the message. But we just kind of sat down for a moment, thought about it, and then implemented it. And now that we're just kind of in a much more clear mindset, we've been able to do these things. And it's happened multiple times over the last month. Mm -hmm. So, Nate... What for you is is something to help uh, seal your not not seals to <laughs> to help um, to help stop your what is the word we're trying exhaustion. to say exhaustion I all I could think of was evacuation <laughs> so how can you evacuate, evacuate your exhaustion go go <laughs> uh, for myself I actually put uh, a few steps in into motion. The first thing I did was be honest with myself. I said, I laid out um, as a director of discipleship, I oversee quite a few ministries the youth ministry, the midweek Bible study ministry, the women's ministry, the men's ministry, the outreach ministry. He's a great women's director. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, but for myself, it's very easy to get exhausted or overwhelmed looking at all these things and thinking about different events and actions and motions and the whole shebang. And what I did for myself is I laid out each and every ministry that I'm in charge of. And I just gave myself honest reflection. How is this doing? What does it need? Who's in charge? Who's leading? What are we doing? How can we improve? And I think that helped hone in the focus instead of being exhausted from trying to think about every little thing by laying out honest reflections and looking at each of the ministries for what they are, not meshing them all together it's helped create less exhaustion in, in scattering my thoughts, right? Because I can compartmentalize, okay, when I'm thinking about men's ministry, these are the four events I'm thinking of. When I look at women's ministry, these are the four to six events. And for youth ministry, thinking about the next six uh, big fun outreach events or BFOs, outreach, finding people to connect with to do things in the church, rather than looking at, I have 36 events that I have to plan. It's no, I can think about four. I can think about four, I can think about six, whatever. So for myself, that was one of the first steps, especially being intentional about that this year. Um, and I've seen the fruit of that already in, in sharing that with the leaders that I have in these ministries, because it helps them, one, feel empowered, two, see the same vision, and three, it puts it in their hands to also run with it how they'd like, which kind of brings me to my next point in kind of combating exhaustion. Um, there's power in in delegation, right? And I'm not just saying you give everything away and then you're like, oh, I'm never exhausted because I don't do anything. That's genius. (laughs) Yeah, that's genius if you don't ever want to get involved and actually know what's going on. But Mm -hmm. I think there's power in delegating and walking through it with people. Um, for, For example, you know, I really prayed and thought through about who, who would be great leaders for our men's ministry, right? Like who've been excited and passionate about these events, who are first off available so we're not exhausting people who are already working hard and finding the team to lead well and to, to care about it well. I think for myself, learning to share the workload has helped 
one, combat exhaustion, but two, actually see better results because it's not just all on my shoulders. Success isn't just dependent on what I do, but actually in sharing it and still doing it, I think it's helped uh, breed better results and more growth for our men's ministry than I've seen since I've been here. And so I think especially in those two ways, in honest reflection and in delegation, it's it's been fruitful for me already to not feel overwhelmed, to not feel exhausted, or truthfully even scared about how the heck are we going to grow these ministries. So I just want to thank my teams um, because they've brought a sense of confidence and, and rejuvenance in each of these ministries, and I'm excited for them. Within that, I think it's also important to understand what you can handle mm. and not trying to put more on than than you can, right? And so, you know, like we've like we've been saying this entire podcast since the since the start, it's a lot. Small church ministry is is not easy. There's a lot to do, um, but understanding from the get go, like I probably can't do this, yeah. <laughs> and and being honest with yourself and with your pastor or, or if you are a pastor with your staff, you know, and I know when I was, when I was about to start in, um, Nate, before, before you came on, I was, <laughs> my job was supposed to be worship, communications, uh, director of discipleship. So everything <laughs> that you do. Um, so that's all of that as well as overseeing children's and overseeing the, the kitchen ministry, you know, and, and everything. And, uh, and also, I don't even know what else. Also, I think maybe overseeing. It's a pretty big list. It was, no, it was, it was basically everything, (laughs) right? That's not like what the, what the senior pastor does. And I remember sitting in this room when he was saying that to me and I was like, I'm, I'm never going to be home. Like I'm, I don't know how this is going to happen. And I said that and I was like, listen, I can't do this. Like, it's like that's... that Simpsons meme. <laughs> I'm in danger. I'm in danger. <laughs> I love that, dude. <laughs> no, literally. And I was like, I simply uh. am not going to be able to. And if I try, it's going to all suck. Um, and I, I vocalized that and, and they were like, oh, it's going to be, it's going to be okay. It can't, it can't be too bad. And then luckily Nate came on and took the other half of it. But I mean, only what I do now with, with, worship communications, young adult, that's still, I'm working a lot, (laughs) you know? And so I can't even Mm -hmm. imagine what it was, what it would have been like if I just said at the beginning, okay, yeah, that makes sense. I can do all of that. Right. Um, and so I think you have to be honest from the get go of if it feels like it's going to be way, way, way too much, say that. And I'm not saying that you can just be lazy and say, oh man, that's going to make me work 40 whole hours a week tough, but like, um, but if you know, like there's no way I'm going to get this done in under 60 hours a, <laughs> a right. week, you have to be able to, to vocalize that. If you were the, the pastor, you have to be able to delegate that. If you're a, um, a staff member, you have to be able to, to just say to your pastor, listen, that's, that, that's not something that I can do. And it's not something that's going to be fruitful to the ministry. If you try to have me do every single part of it. Yeah. I remember when I first received my call to ministry, I was single, I was in high school, and I just remember thinking like, oh man, when am I ever going to see my family? And I always hear the horror stories of like pastor's kids growing up to resent the church because their parents were never around because they were always working. Mm -hmm. And I just remember before any of that, right, when I received that call, I just told myself like, you have to be committed to being able to put your foot down. And for those of you who know me, doing that took a long journey to be comfortable in doing it, but it's so fruitful. And now, you know, being married, um, I, I'm just thankful for the dividends of the hard work of learning, to be honest with myself, of learning to be, okay, w- what can and can't I do and being okay with that. Because I think a lot of times the church tries to sell us to be a superhero pastor where it's like, yes, I can do that. Yes, I can do that. Yes, I can do that. The, the honest truth is no, you can't, <laughs> and you have to be okay with that. And so I think I, I, I've learned what you were saying, Josh, in the hard work of having to get there, but it's been so fruitful for myself and my relationship with God and my relationship with my wife. You know, Even yesterday, a funny story, I was talking to her about some of the events that we have going on, 
And I was like, I'm just, I just so, I feel bad because I have to be there. I should be there. You know, I, I should be able to help out, but I'm not available or we can't go. And she looks at me and she goes, what was the point of getting those leaders if you still feel like you have to be there? What is the point if, if you're not willing to trust your team and let them succeed and grow too? Oof. Yeah. And, and I was just like, well. Wife for the smack. Yeah. And so I was just like, wow. Uh, and it just goes back to that delegation, to that awareness of exhaustion, to trusting each other and, and having that accountability to trust and to know that we can lean on each other, right? I can lean on you guys just as you lean on me. And and I think that's where we really combat exhaustion is in the togetherness and the awareness, of not just of ourselves, but of one another. Uh, yeah. As we're, as we're kind of closing out, I want to just emphasize the fact of however exhausted you are is not a flex, mm. right? I think That's a lot good. of times, especially in, especially if you've, if you've been to college or in college, right? It's like, oh, well, I have four tests this week and three essays that I have to do. And we're like, well, I've only had two hours of sleep and I have <laughs> six tests today. And like, it's just this, this constant, you know, fight of, who's more tired <laughs> and it can, it can be the same in ministry of, of, Oh, well we have a big service coming up and I have to do, um, 16 hours of blah, blah, blah and <laughs> whatever. Like, like we can, we can talk to either other, other staff from other churches or the, or our staff who's in our same church or congregants and, and whatever, and just try to kind of flex on how tired we are but it's not one. Um, and th- it always comes back to a story of our senior pastor told us, um, anytime we're, <laughs> any, it seems like anytime there's a big service coming up and we're just dying. He's like, I remember when I first started here. Um, and he talks about, um, how he was the senior pastor preaching every Sunday. He was doing all the maintenance. He was, um, running the youth group. He was, I don't even know, like doing like trying to do everything, doing small groups as well. Like he was, he was handling it all. And he, and he gives a story about one time he was getting done after youth group and he was like rolling up this thing of carpet. Right. And he like lays on the carpet, um, and on the roll of it and just like looks up and is like, God, I need help. And, and he says that and he, and he got help, whatever, blah, blah, blah. End of, end of story. Well here, but, um, (laughs) but, but he, every time he says that, I'm like, I just feel bad for you back then. I, I don't feel like that's something that I want to do. Right. <laughs> it's, it's, not, yeah. it's not something where I'm like, okay, I'm going to do, that's I'm going to do more things. for. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I'm glad that you got help. I'm glad that we're in a place now where we have multiple staff members. And so, um, right. As, like I said, as we're, as we're kind of concluding talking about this exhaustion, um, theme, it's not who can do the most work. Mm. it's who can do the most efficient work to, to carry the gospel into your congregation and into your people. Right. Right. And, and, and in closing, I just want to read for us uh, what the scriptures tell us about this. Right. It says, whatever you do, work heartily is for the Lord and not for men. Knowing that from the Lord, you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. And I'm just reminded that it's not about, you know, who puts in the most hours. It's about who we're doing it for. You can serve the Lord faithfully in your 40 hours a week or in your 80 hours a week, but it's all about being faithful to Him. And when we're faithful to Him, He calls us to balance our work and our rest. Bars. Straight bars. Alrighty. So it's time to close out this episode. But that means we have to continue with our uh, question of the day. So today's, I kind of had to do this because there is a half inch of ice on (laughs) everything. So if it had to be one season all year long, what would it be? Definitely changes things. Dang. I'm going to go fall. Mm. It would either be it would it would be in between fall or spring. I don't really know the difference, but um, but I think I think fall because summer gets way too hot, 
and sometimes <laughs> I can't stand it. And winter sucks. Um, <laughs> but I like Amen. I like a good 50, 60 degrees. You can wear a, a flannel. Um, you can drink a hot coffee if you really want to. Um, but you also like can totally tent with the totally content with a cold. See, I was I was thinking the same thing at first about fall, but then I think spring would be better year round because it's like the temperature is increasing and not decreasing. So it's not like you can't go swimming in the fall, right? Most people aren't out in the lake house doing that stuff. But in between, I would say like right in between spring and summer, that's like the sweet spot. Like a like a April? Yeah. Like Sprummer. <laughs> yes. I'm thinking like like between April and June, that would be perfect. Because it's like just warm enough to go outside and go to the lake or hang out at the beach, whatever. But it's not, oh my gosh, I'm going to pass out. Blistering and, yeah, July. Yeah. Right. That's my final answer. Although answer. I have to say, I love fall. If... Uh-huh. If if I could, I would do fall all year, but just logically it makes sense to do spring that midsummer. I would choose spring because I wanted to choose fall just because of the fact that I'm obsessed with photography and it is my hobby and I love it. But I really got to thinking about it and I was like, if the leaves were dead 24-7 at all times of the year, I feel like it would just start to get a little bit depressing. Um, cause I like to see the flowers and I like to see all of the wildlife coming into bloom. So because their temperatures are the same, but there's all of that wildlife and nature, I gotta go with spring. Well, uh, thanks guys for joining us this week. And I'd love to close in prayer. Father, we thank you for this time and we thank you for, um, the gift it is to work in ministry, the, the unique call that exists in serving you so intimately in the church and and caring for your people, the flock that you've entrusted us with. And so we just want to say thank you for that. Uh, And Lord, we thank you for rest. We thank you that you haven't called us to, you know, go 100% and, and deep into the ground every day, but you give us and you call us to opportunities of rest. And so I just pray for each and every one of us that we take advantage of the opportunities you give us to work hard and to play hard but also to rest hard. May we be faithful to you in every aspect, and may we be able to trust you in knowing that your timing is perfect and that you call us to serve in the now. So be with us as we go through our weeks. Be with us as we serve in our churches, and we love you, Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 All right, guys, I'm going to go take a nap. (laughs) 